Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us today online here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, I'm so excited that you've chosen to join with us and I just wanna encourage you before we dive into today's message to click those share buttons and make sure you share this message with your friends. I think it's gonna be very helpful and practical for you and if you're watching today, maybe for the first time, I really do pray that you will click on that new here button and you allow us the opportunity to send you a free gift and an opportunity to say thank you for joining us as well. And so let me just say this, we're in part two of a series that we're calling We is Greater Than Me. And we're learning what it looks like to do great things together. And last week we talked about serving together. We talked about our spiritual shape and how God has wired us. We have a divine destiny for our lives. And we find that divine destiny or experience that divine destiny when we learn our divine design. So I encourage you to check out last week's message. Today, we're talking about what it means to grow together. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, God doesn't want you to remain where you are. He wants you to continuously be growing. And if you're yet to maybe put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, my prayer is that through today's message, if anything, it will help solidify in your heart the need to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ so you can become all that God has created you to be. Trust me, I'm living proof. I'm not what I want to be, certainly not what I ought to be, but because of Jesus, I'm not what I used to be. He's changed me and I'm not, listen, I'm not finished growing. I'm still a work in progress. We all are a work in in progress. And so today in Ephesians chapter four, the apostle Paul, he helps us to understand a couple important things so that we can grow and mature in our spiritual journey. And he says these words in Ephesians chapter four, looking at 11 through 15, he said, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So their responsibility is not to do the work, but to come alongside and help equip those within the body of Christ, the local church, so that they can use their divine design to carry out the ministries so that they can make an even greater impact. So with that, he goes on to say, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. God doesn't want any of us to spend the rest of our lives being immature as, you know, as children, as babies, if you will. He wants us to grow up and become adults in every possible way in our spiritual lives. We won't be tossed 
and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when we try, excuse me, influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. I love that. So what Paul was trying to emphasize to the people, the believers there in the church at Ephesus, he was trying to help them understand a couple of things. Number one, he wanted them to understand the importance of being in a place of continual growth and maturity in the Lord. The second thing he wanted them to do was to understand the importance of serving one another because as they served one another by using the gifts that they have been equipped and trained and empowered to do, to use, here's what he said. The outcome is going to be is spiritual unity. Needs are going to be met. The body of Christ is healthy. It's growing. It's mature. We're serving one another. Because listen, healthy things grow. And as the church grows healthy and strong and vital, guess what? It has an even greater impact on a world that so desperately needs the hope of Jesus Christ. So listen, God's will for your life and mine as followers of Jesus is to grow spiritually in our lives. And just like there are physical laws that God has put forth in creation that cannot be ignored or denied, the same is true with the spiritual laws that God has set forth that cannot be ignored or denied for our benefit as followers of Jesus Christ. So today we're going to talk about five spiritual laws of growth. So here is how you grow as a believer. Number one, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to jot these down. And by the way, we have our app if you want to follow along, but also we'll have the points here on the screen for your benefit as well. Aren't you thankful for technology? It's awesome. So number one is this, we grow when we feed on the Word of God. First and foremost, hands down, we grow when we feed on the Word of God. Just like our physical bodies need food for our nutrition, for our health and well-being, so that we can grow physically, the same is true for our soul. And here's what you need to understand. The Bible is our food for the soul. It's soul food. And we cannot live without it. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says it this way. Jesus said, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. So here's the thing. How healthy do you think it would be if we ate one meal a day and then we didn't eat anything else for the rest of the week? If you're anything like me, First and foremost, I don't think I could do that. I mean, at the end of the week, I would be so weak and I would be irritable. And if, if somebody were to do that, in fact, let me put it to you this way. If you only ate one meal early in the morning, one day throughout the entire week, well, guess what? You're not going to have much strength. And if you do that over the course of time, what are you going to do? You're going to eventually have malnutrition. It's going to be unhealthy. There's going to be damage to your organs. Why? Because God did not create you to live your life without physical food. But at the same time, that's exactly what a lot 
of Christians do. They may show up at church for, you know, an hour, and they may get 30 minutes, if you will, of the teaching of the Bible. And then sadly and unfortunately, if that is the only spiritual food they get for the entire week, well, guess what? How much health and growth, how much benefit you think that's actually going to give them? And on top of that, here's the problem. The problem is for many people, they don't make it to church every single Sunday. So if that is the only food that you're getting spiritually in your life and you only have access to that food maybe once or twice a month, well, you know and I know you're not going to last very long in your spiritual health. Why? Because you're going to shrivel and you're going to become vulnerable and susceptible to every kind of temptation and defeat and all of the things that the enemy wants to use to rob you of the very things that Christ has come to give you, those immeasurable riches that Paul was talking about that we have in Christ Jesus. So God wants us to feed on Him every day so that we can have strength for the soul. In fact, in Acts 20, verse 32, the Apostle Paul says it this way. He said, the word of grace is able, listen to this, to build you up and give you all the blessings that God has for his people. Now, I want to ask you just a very uh, practical and very personal question here, okay? My, my question to you is this. How many of you would like to experience all of God's blessings for your life? Well, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, I want to experience all of God's blessings for my life. But here is what, here's, what, uh, here's what Paul is saying. What he's saying is this. He said, here's how you do that. You do that when you are feeding on, notice, the word of grace that does what? That builds us up. And as we mature in our faith, as we grow over time, listen to this, then we get to experience the continuous blessings. In other words, the favor, the benefit of everything that God longs for us to experience. You know, if you have a newborn or a two-year-old, you're not going to give that child or that baby a steak and lobster, are you? No, 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 no. You're going to give them a little Gerber food. You're going to give them some little oatmeal. You're going you're to kind of ease your way into their diet because they can't handle that kind of food. The same is true in our lives spiritually. Listen, God's not going to just dump all of his blessings on our lives because honestly, some of the things that he wants us to have and to know and to experience, we're not ready for them because we wouldn't know how to handle a lot of the things that he wants us to experience. You know why? Because perhaps we're not ready. We're not fully prepared. We're not mature enough to maybe experience a lot of the things that God wants us to to be benefit from. The same, just like a parent. A parent is not going to give their child certain things until they grow, until they prove or demonstrate that they're ready to handle or to receive whatever that might be. So somebody taught me years ago, it's very practical, and I want to share it with you. So how is the best way for people like you and me to actually feed on the Word of God? Well, you'll notice my hand here. My hand is going to be a visual illustration to help you understand 
there are really five things that, or six things, if you will, that are very important as we feed on the Word of God. The first thing that we need to do is we need to we need to hear. Excuse me. We need to hear. I'm going to start over here with the pinky. Okay. So we need to hear the Word of God. Okay. The second thing we need to do, the ring finger over here, is is this is where we not just hear the Word of God, but we actually read the Word of God. The middle finger here is something known as studying the Bible. So we need to study the Word of God. The pointer finger here, okay, on my hand, represents the the need to memorize the Bible, the Word of God. The thumb here represents the, the meditating side of God's Word. And you'll notice right here in the palm area is the application. So we must hear it, we must read it, we must study it, we must memorize it, and ultimately we must meditate on it and most importantly, apply it. So when we have those six things at work in our lives, well, guess what? God's word begins to take root in our hearts because now we're exposed to not just hearing the word of God, but now we're reading it, we're studying it, we're learning it, we're memorizing it, we're thinking about it throughout the day, and most importantly, we're learning how to apply it in every context of our lives. And so here's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is to set aside some some time in your personal life and invest in a personal daily time with God. And here's the reason why. Because if all I do is hear the word of God, in other words, if I take my Bible and I grip it with my pinky, well, guess what? I don't have a very firm grip on the word of God. So therefore, what the enemy can do, the enemy can come in and he can snatch the seed of the word of God from us. So as a result, what does he want to do? He wants to rob us from our joy. He wants to steal our strength. He wants to take away our confidence. He wants to rob us of our faith. Why does he do that? Because the enemy, your adversary, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So the only way that we can have a firm grip that the enemy cannot take or steal from us is to be able to know and to understand and most importantly, apply the truth of God's word in every area of our lives. So you ought to just send some fire emojis on that one because that is how we feed on the word of God. So we got to hear it. We got to read it. Listen, we've got to we got to um, study it. We've got to memorize it. We got to meditate on it, and we got to apply it. That's when we give each other a high five as we grow in the Lord. The second law of growth is this: we not only need to fe- we not only need to feed on the Word of God, but secondly, we grow when we learn in different ways. So, in other words, there are a lot of different ways that we can grow and benefit from the Word of God. In Luke chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, In many different ways, John, referring to John the Baptist, listen to this, preach the good news to the people. So, in other words, there are a variety of ways for us to learn and to grow and develop in our faith. You know why? Because we all learn differently. We are all unique in our own way. We all have different 
ways of learning and processing things and receiving things. And many of us have different perspectives and personalities and things that, that God uses. And therefore, we have to understand that there are a variety of different way, ways. So therefore, what is beneficial for one may not necessarily be as beneficial for someone else. So some of us learn best by listening. That's the auditory way of receiving the Word of God. Others, you know what they do? They learn best through reading. So the problem is, is that when we hear something, that's wonderful. But we may not always remember what we heard. At the same time, we have to read it. Some of us digest and retain what we read more effectively. Others like to talk things through. So there's an auditory way, there's a visual way, but there's also a verbal way when we're able to talk it through with other people. And then of course there is a there is an application. That's the physical aspect of carrying it out in our lives, and that is of course most people learn by doing it. And so here's the thing. What's important for us is that when we are feeding on God's soul food, his word, and then we are taking in a variety of different ways that we are applying it to our lives, well, what does it do? It helps us grow by having a stronger foundation because we're exposed to the truth in different ways that is most beneficial to us. You know, one of the, one of the most defeating things that I do, and the, honestly, the thing that I know as a pastor is because research shows that 95%, 95% of the people who hear something, this is depressing just thinking about this, they forget what they hear within 72 hours. Now that just makes a guy like me <laughs> feel you know, really insecure about my job here because if, if the only thing you get is 30 minutes of what I'm telling you right now through what you're hearing, knowing by this Wednesday you're going to forget it, man alive, that's not very effective, nor is it very beneficial to you that's going to help you grow. That's why we need so much more than just hearing it and experiencing church for maybe 30 minutes or watching a service or watching a preacher for 30 minutes online. All of those things are good but we have to take it a step further. Why? Because we all learn in different ways. So my encourage to you is to spend, spend some time daily, bit by bit, little by little, reading the Word of God, exposing yourself to the truth. So whether it's reading a book uh, that's a devotional, whether it is watching or listening to a podcast, you know, whether it is watching a message through a YouTube video or whether it's just sitting down and writing out things that you've learned. At the end of the day, we have to get the Word of God inside of us. It's not enough to, to just read and learn the Word of God. We got to get the Word of God in us. It's so vitally important. And so when we do that, once again, we grow in knowledge, and maturity, and wisdom. And what does it do? It gives us a firm grip on God's Word. The third way that, that we grow in our spiritual lives and journey is that we grow when we develop spiritual habits. John Maxwell says it this way. I love this. Success is found in your daily routine. And that is so true. 
You know, the same is true in our spiritual growth. And, you know, spiritual, spiritual growth really happens, success happens spiritually in our lives when we develop spiritual habits and we make them a part of just our normal daily routine. James 1 verses 22 and 25 says it this way, but don't just listen to the word. In other words, don't just show up from church for 30 minutes and hear, you know, me preach as a pastor, okay? Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So how do we build spiritual habits in our lives? Hebrews 5 verse 14 says it, says it this way. Solid food is for mature people whose minds have been trained by practice to know the difference between good and evil. You know, every year we always challenge people in January as well as in August to break old habits and to establish new habits. Why? Because we all drift. We all have good intentions. But the problem is, is that life gets in the way, right? Things, we get busy. Things stand between us and our intentions to grow. And so if we get tossed to and fro from the different demands and distractions and, you know, work and travel and, you know, our kids and activities and crazy schedules, well, listen, before we realize that our whole week can be consumed by all these different things. Again, listen, a good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps you from the best thing. So we have to understand that, listen, there are habits and priorities, there are routines, there are systems that God wants us to build into our lives. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to build these five habits into your life. I want to challenge you to build the habit of spending time alone with God, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes, okay? Just reading maybe something out of Psalms, out of Proverbs, or do what I've been doing. I've just finished the book of Esther. I've been going through my daily walk Bible. I love this because it is a uh, it is an annual Bible reading and it has a devotional. There are little, uh, little nuggets of truth quotes in there, but then I get to read the sections of God's word book by book. And so my goal by the end of this year is to finish the last, the last chapter and verse of Revelation where I will literally have read the Bible from cover to cover in this year of 2021. And listen, don't worry about it. If you haven't started that way, that's okay. It's taken me years to develop something like this. But I just want to say, spend some time, 10, 15 minutes a day, getting the truth in you, thinking about it, praying, asking God to help you apply what you just read, and then by faith, live it out, walk it out each and every day. The second habit I want to challenge you to do is be consistent. Make it a habit to worship. In other words, to show up physically in church or doing what you're doing right now. Make this time a priority to watch online because it's so vital, once again, that you take in the truth of God's Word. A third thing that I want to challenge you to do as far as a habit is, listen, get into the habit of giving God 
the tithe. Listen, I don't have time to get into that. It's a whole separate teaching. But listen, as your friend and as your pastor, you've got to understand this is a truth. This is a principle. This is a command. And it's a promise. If you would experience God's blessings for your life, then make it a habit and make it a systematic habit, a priority where you give God a percentage back to what belongs to him as an act of worship. Because when we do that, listen, we are under the umbrella of his covering of provision and protection and supernatural favor. Trust me, he'll bless you for it. The fourth habit is, listen, we got to get involved in community. So therefore, we got to do life together. Get in a small group. You cannot grow spiritually and reach your potential on your own by yourself. It's impossible. It's not a part of God's plan. He wants you to enjoy the community because we grow with one another in that way. And the fifth thing is, is to listen to this, to, 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 to just make it a habit to renew your mind every day by memorizing the word of God. I cannot tell you what that will do for your spiritual confidence to be able to know the word of God by memory because you've memorized it and it's become a part of your life. At the end of the day, listen, when we develop spiritual habits and priorities and we create systems that allows us to do that, where it's the same time, same place, same method, same routine, when we do that day in and day out, you will begin to see the fruitfulness, the growth, the maturity. Listen, you'll go further faster. You know why? Because you're intentional and strategic in how you are growing in your faith. And you'll receive God's blessings in his favor. Listen, his supernatural protection in our lives because we are being obedient to growing through the word of God. I read something as I was preparing for this, that just really blessed me about uh, Daniel. And if you maybe get some time to read the book of Daniel, it's a fascinating book, but it's a deep read. Let me just say this. One of the things about Daniel, he and several of you know, the people, many of the people had been taken exile. So they were living away from their homeland there in Jerusalem. So he's living in a foreign land. And of course, now at this time, um, you know, he's exposed to um, you know, false gods and, and to a culture that was just godless. And, 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 and yet here Daniel, the Bible says, distinguished himself. In other words, he set himself apart from everyone else. In other words, he refused to do what other people did. He didn't bend or bow. He, did, he didn't cower to the culture of its day. But instead, he lived his life, the Bible says, with such excellence and with such character that everyone around him noticed so much so that the officials before the king tried to find a way that somehow, some way they could accuse him of something that would be worthy of death or potentially imprisonment. But here is what they said. They said, we can't find anything on the guy. He's squeaky clean. So they plotted against him. And here's what they did. They told the king, they said, listen, King, if you'll just put something in writing, an edict that will basically say anybody who refuses to, to bow down and to worship you know, the gods that, that you are promoting, then he said that we will put them to death. Well, the king agreed and he put it in writing. And the Bible says in Daniel 6 verse 10, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, listen to this, he went home 
and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day and just as he had always done, notice, giving thanks to his God. You want to know how you can stand strong even in the midst of a den of lions is by doing the same thing day in and day out where you are feeding on the word of God, where you are standing strong on the truths of the word of God, where you have a firm grip on the word of God because God's word will empower you to overcome the most fierce lions of our day, of our culture. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The fourth way that we grow is this. We grow when we help each other grow. You know, my son Luke just recently moved to Nashville. He's a singer, songwriter. It's his dream. He's pursuing his dream. He wants to be an artist, a recording artist. He wants to travel, go on tour. And he was living here with us at home and and he said, Dad, I just really feel that, that I need to go to Nashville. I need to be around other musicians and artists and, and other producers. I just need to grow. And it was amazing how good he already was. But can I just say as a dad, we encouraged him to go pursue his dream. He had saved his money and he left and he went. He's only been there a few months. And what's crazy, and just in a few months since he's been in the city of Nashville, and he's been around very successful and experienced producers and songwriters and, and singers. You know, he has been sending us some of his newest music that he has written, that he has produced, and will be releasing soon. But listen to this. We are blown away. You know why? Because he said, Dad, he said, I'm amazed at how important and how effective collaboration truly is. He said, I've gotten better by being around other artists who are so much more experienced than me. You know what that tells me? The same is true in our spiritual lives. We go further, faster when we surround ourselves with people who are a little further than us in their spiritual journey. And when we can learn from them and they can show us and they can teach us and equip us how to even become stronger in our faith. Romans 1 verse 12 says it this way. Now, this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted comforted by each other's faith. Isn't that good? That's in the Passion Translation. I love the way that captures us. And in Hebrews 10, it says it this way. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love, to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. There are 56 one another's in the Bible. So we need to pray for one another, encourage one another, support one another. Listen, it's important that we learn the value and the benefit of growing together. Together, we can do great things. We is greater than me. And then the fifth way that we grow, and that is we grow when we commit to grow. So at the end of the day, nobody can force you, nobody can force me to grow. It's a choice. And we have to choose 
each and every day to consciously choose whether or not we are going to grow and make it a priority and be committed to become mature in Christ. Because God's not going to force himself upon you. And can I just say this very lovingly, but at the same time, very candidly. You know what? You are as close to God as you choose to be. I mean, it's the bottom line. It's a, matter of, it, it, it's a fact. We are as close to God as we choose to be. And we cannot become who we need to be by remaining who we are. So we are what we are committed to. And I just want to challenge you because we prioritize what we value. So can I just challenge you to commit to making Jesus the highest and most important priority in your life. Build everything you do around your relationship with Christ and watch what God does in and through your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says it this way. God says, you'll find me when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Those are the five laws of growth. So I want to challenge you. Listen, remember, we is greater than me. Let's grow together and reach our full redemptive potential. Would you join me in a word of prayer? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, you know, if you are watching this as a believer and you know Jesus as your Savior, maybe you've drifted. Maybe there was a time where you had better habits than you have right now. Maybe you've neglected some things and you drifted in your spiritual journey. Listen, God just wants you to get back in the process. He wants you to get back into the habit. He wants you to pull out that Bible, pull out that old journal. Listen, come up with a plan. God's not condemning you. Listen, he's not shaming you. He's right where he's always been. He just wants to be with you. So today, maybe you just need to confess to God, God, I'm not where I want to be, but I want to be back in the center of your will. I want you to be my most important priority of my life. Maybe you need to restructure some things, reschedule some things so that you can prioritize and focus on your relationship with God. Maybe you need to get a spiritual coach, a mentor to come alongside you to help you develop those, those systems and those habits. Some of you here today, maybe you're watching as a, you know, as a spectator, so to speak, and you know, you haven't necessarily taken that all important step of putting your faith in Jesus. Listen, the only person who's being robbed is you because you've yet to fully embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He just wants to help you. He wants you to experience everything that He has for you. He loves you. He, he sent His Son Jesus to die for you and to be raised back to life so you can know Him and have experience, listen, to experience His blessings in every area. If that's your need, would you pray this prayer? Would you invite Jesus into your heart? Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today, by faith, I'm putting my faith and my trust in you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, do me a huge favor. 
would you click that button there at the top of the screen that says I decided or if you're watching maybe through Facebook just put I decided in the chat we want to send you some information fill out that card and let us send you a booklet that will help you get started in your spiritual journey we have a reading plan that you can take full advantage of to help you start reading your Bible and it outlines some next steps to help you grow and become all that God has created you to be. We can't wait to see you next week for week three of We Is Greater Than Me. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.